so your boy had uh, had surgery on Tuesday. Um, I had a bridge put in on my teeth. Oh, dental surgery. I was almost going to feel bad for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you were supposed to reply, that's not surgery, because it wasn't. Uh, but I had a baby tooth. I have two baby teeth, which I we've covered on the, the podcast. Teeth, yes. And uh, one of them came out on Saturday. Oh, ho, ho. did you put it under your pillow? <laughs> no, I did, I did not. Because uh, it was in my stomach. I ate it. Oh. Like I swallowed it. Mm. Oh, no. Okay. Did you, so you're not out for this. When they do this, they just, they just, uh, they just give you like Novocaine. You're not like out, right? So I had already had this appointment for Tuesday. Um, so I wasn't too nervous about it, but I was eating a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Tooth came out down the gullet. So I was <laughs> toothless for two days. So, um, that's exactly right, Brandon. So what happens is they don't put you out, but he shot me up with some Novocaine. And this is like a family friend of, you know, he's a dentist. It's a, he's a family friend. So this, this really nice guy, awesome dentist. Like I just started going there a month ago and um, I'm getting a bridge put in, but for now I have a, I don't know if you guys can see that. It's a plastic tooth, huh. oh. but you never know. Nope. So, um, the, what he had to do was, so he shot me up with Novocaine and then what he had to do was grind down the tooth next to it, attach the, attach the, the plastic tooth and then connect it using cement. And what he's going to do is he's going to pop that out in a month and put in the, the real tooth and he's going to connect it to the tooth net behind it technically. Um, so if I got punched in the face, both teeth would probably go, but it's going to be a lot more solid in a month. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, he gets me in there, he hits me with some of that Novocaine, and he hit me with so much Novocaine, I couldn't feel the left side of my nose. Like, I was, I was like, my face just felt like it, I, I felt like I was having a stroke, but without, without the other side effects, which is mildly concerning, but also pretty cool, because I couldn't feel anything. I just, he's just drilling into my face and I couldn't feel anything. And my biggest takeaway is like, he's a heavy set guy. Brandon, Brandon knows you don't fat shame on Fridays. Okay. No. no fat shaming on the weekends, but he's got, he's heavy in the midsection area. And the pro, the only problem I found was the only part I wish I was out for this one aspect was every time he was working on my teeth, he had to get in so close that like his belly was sticking up against the side of my face. <laughs> yeah. And, and the deeper he got, the deeper his belly fat got into my face. And at one point it was covering my left eye. And like, I couldn't see out of my left eye because his, his belly button was just shoved in my left eye. Yes. And he said, he's like, open your mouth more, open your mouth more, open your mouth more. And I'm like, dude, you, I can't see like your belly. Is in my, your belly's on my forehead. Like I can't see. Anything. Yeah, not not great, not a great sight, man. And and maybe they, he should knock you out if he's going to belly, you know, belly molest you like that. <laughs> just it was wild. I'm no, I'm just I'm just like thinking like okay, so if like if his belly button's here and your eye is like audio here, podcast adult. I know, I know, but I'm like I'm I'm just thinking like 
where's his nutsack in proximity to your what? head? He was sitting. He was sitting down, so it wasn't even close. Okay. Okay. Now I'm just. I'm like stand. worried. Like I'm like. Okay, you might be concerned about like his belly button in your eye, but like, where's his balls sitting, like back of your head or something? Like, oh my gosh! But yeah, okay. You thinking I'm? You think I should have been a little worried about a tea bag situation? I yeah, I, I was I was concerned about the tea bag situation happening. That's what I was Listen. concerned about. Listen, Doctor Doctor Tea Bag DMD. <laughs> if his balls are near your face during dental work, you have a whole other issue. <laughs> What is going on, guys? This is the Exit 12 Homebrew and Craft Beer Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Brandon. Alongside me, as always, is the other half of Exit 12, Nick, and our Canadian brew lady, herself, Adele. Uh, you can follow Nick and I on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Exit 12 Homebrew, and follow our homebrew journeys on YouTube. Just search Exit 12 Homebrew. If you're looking for Adele, she is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Brew Lady Beer, and her website is brewlady.com. Uh if you like this podcast, please do not hesitate to go to your podcasting network, rate us five stars. We would absolutely appreciate it. We have a great topic for you guys today. We're going to discuss experimenting with beers or sticking to the status quo. So we're just going to chop it up a little bit about that. But before we do that, we got to ask what we're drinking. I will go first this week. Your boy finally got to the liquor store. He made a special trip for the podcast, went in the little cold section, the local section, and he found himself a Lawson's Finest Super Session number five with cashmere. It is out of Vermont, Burlington, Vermont, I believe, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm sorry, Stafford. I don't think oh, no, they're no, they're not Vermont. Connecticut, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Stratford, Connecticut. Um so Lawson's is awesome. We get it up here sometimes. This is a uh, 4.8% beer. Like it says, dry hopped with cashmere. And um, Lawson's is an awesome, awesome uh, New England brewery that you can sometimes get in in, in your local liquor stores, uh, at least in the New England area. I don't know if it's everywhere. Probably not in Canada. I have to... I believe... I believe their Super Session series is um, their low ABV, uh, either pale ales or uh, is it a pale ale? It is an IPA. They're saying they're calling it an IPA at 4.8%, but it still is on it. They're not considering it a pale ale, at least on the can. Um, I might, it's definitely skirting on that pale ale uh, range for sure. I might even call it a pale ale at 5.8, 5.5. You're calling for me. I'm calling it a pale ale and not a, and not a IPA. Um, you said 4.8 or 5.4, 4.8. Yeah. So I'd say for 4.8, you're talking high pale ale, low yeah. IPA. But what I was going to say was that their, their super session series, I believe they are beers uh, that they are experimenting with different hops. So is there a hop on the, there? Is yeah. Was it Chinook is number uh, five? No, or something? number five is cashmere. 
Cash, oh, you yeah. said Cashman, right? Yeah. So I think every time they come out with a super session, it's a different hop, which I love. I love that. Uh, I love when you single out a certain hop in a beer. Uh, usually, if I see that on the shelf, that's something that's very interesting to me. Um, Cashmere is not one we've worked with a lot, but it's one that very it, that interests me. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's more used in the West Coast style of IPAs that because it's it's got more of those stone fruits some of those earthy tones and and things like that but it it also does if i'm not mistaken have some of those uh fruity characters so let me get a little nose on this bad boy so right off the bat i'm getting a great a big hint of vanilla like a a fresh vanilla bean um with a little coconut maybe like a slight coconut uh as the fruity aspect of it um i get a little bit of a a farmhouse yeast characteristic. Uh, it's just something I pick up sometimes in in a beer that I perceive as I wouldn't say yeasty, but has a, a yeast characteristic on the aroma. Um, it's like a slight bread to me, like a little like sourdough bread or something that I always like sort of equate to yeast. Um, yeah, but it's it's got a, a damn pleasant nose. It's a clear beer. You know, uh, straw, it, it might come off a little darker, uh, but it's definitely a light beer. Can see through it a little bit, but it's got a little haze. That might just be chill haze. But let's get a taste in this bad boy. Damn, it's smooth. So not a lot of bitterness. Got a, a slight hit of bitterness in the front end, and then it smooths out really nice. It's got that vanilla. It's got a little coconut, and it's got... No aftertaste at all. Usually when I perceive that yeast on the um, aroma, I get it on the back end, and I'm not getting it on this. It's just this really smooth, uh, silky beer. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's a session beer. It's a super crushable beer. Uh, yeah, this this thing, this thing's awesome. You mentioned uh, coconut and vanilla. Maybe there's some Sabro sneaking in there because I don't think that cashmere presents with either one of those flavor descriptors. So it's interesting that that's what you're picking up. But like I said, maybe there's some Sabro or something. Yeah, it, it could be. It could just be the yeast they're using. I'm not sure. It could be the ester profiles on the yeast that I'm just picking up. Um, I'm definitely picking it up more on the um, the aroma than I am on the taste. Uh, on that second sip, I did get a little like lemongrass or like a, a lemon characteristic that was really nice. Um Definitely closer to that citrus flavor than like an orange or um, a uh, uh, grapefruit. I couldn't think of the bigger fruit than orange. Um, but yeah, it's definitely got that little like lemongrass uh, aspect to it. Um, go ahead. It's always it's fascinated me lately how you've been perceiving coconut because in our Donovan yeah. with Sabro, we brewed with Sabro pretty signature to getting that coconut characteristic no. and you didn't get it at all. And I got huge coconut on it. So for you to get coconut on this beer that doesn't have Sabro in it, maybe it does. Maybe it's just not listed. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I am not a huge coconut guy, so it just might be the perception of me. I don't have, I don't eat a lot of things with coconut in and I don't drink coconut milk or anything like that. So it could just be that, I'm perceiving that that slight lemon as like a uh, how I perceive coconut since I don't really have a lot of it. 
taste is weird, man. All right, so so I'm up next. I am drinking a blueberry Berliner Weiss uh, from White Birch Brewing out of Nashua, New Hampshire. So I went relatively local as well this week. This is a sour wheat ale with blueberries added, 5.5% ABV, 16-ounce pounder can. Very basic kind of looking uh, can art. Um, White Birch Brewing is a brewery I've never heard of, but I was at the liquor store similar to Brandon a week ago and found this beer and thought it was interesting. No uh, can on date, which is relatively concerning, but with a Berliner Weiss, you really don't have to worry about it too much. As you can see, uh, it's very clear. It kind of looks like a, it looks like a pink Jolly Rancher. Mm, Yeah. Looks like one of those pink Jolly Ranchers. Um, there is about a quarter of the can left, and I would assume that the dregs are in are in the bottom. So I will pour that out before this review is done. Uh, I'm going to take a little little snifferuski, little snafe snafe, quickly. I'm getting a little bit of blueberry essence, but it's more sweet blueberry and less earthy blueberry, meaning blueberry that's it's not as much on the blueberry that's not quite ripe end. You know, those blueberries tend to be a little on the bitter side. This one's more that sweet blueberry, but it doesn't smell like real blueberry. It kind of smells like one of those um, flavorings, like an extract. Very light, very light smelling. It doesn't doesn't smell like the yeast character is really coming out too much. I'm going to get a little tasty, quick tasty, nice nice little taste-a-roo. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Um, I don't love it. (laughs) I'll drink it. You know, I just poured out the rest of the can. As you guys can see, this thing is yeah. still super, super clear. So no dregs. I was, I was, I was going dregs hunting. I did not, I did not catch a dregs this time. Um, but it's you know relatively light. It does have a little bit. It's got a kiss of that kind of tartness. Without knowing for sure how old it is, if I were to guess, probably on the six month range, which for a Berliner Weiss is okay, but it definitely tastes like it's tastes like it's fallen off a little bit, which is a little um, disappointing. I like my Berliner vices to be a little more bitey, you know, a little bit more of that pucker kind of kind of characteristic. And the blueberries, you know, they kind of they they waver. They come through on one sip and then they disappear on another. This is a great beer if you want to sit out on the deck, seventy five degrees, and just slam something because it is rather aqueous. Um, does kind of drink very, very easy. Not a lot of body to it. Um, a sour wheat ale. I was expecting a little bit more of that body, you know, and with, you know, if there is wheat in it, um, you would never know it cause it's so clear. So that's a review. Yeah. Hi. Hi. That was, that was your, that was, so- that was a very like sensual high. No, it's a cheeky high. It's a cheeky high because uh, my my brew husband doesn't have much beer left in his keg. There's maybe a third left. He's been working a lot, so he hasn't been drinking so much. And uh, I feel a little cheeky just sneaking in there, stealing a glass, even though like I don't have any beer on the it's way for him. Beer. So in every yeah, sense but of I, I yeah, but I do it partially for him to keep him happy and this beer is named the happy husband um 
but it's it's tasting very different from when I first poured it a couple weeks ago. Like, I don't know. I'm just I don't. Know, maybe my receptives are receptors are a little off right now. But like, even the smell, it's not giving off that old aroma that it had initially, like weeks ago when I first poured it. Oh my god! Does that mean I have COVID? Jesus Christ! <laughs> How oh my god! I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think you just learned you had COVID on the show. It, it, it I can still smell you know? things. It's just, yeah, I can still smell okay. things. I just can't smell the beer. Adele, go turn on your stove and put your tongue <laughs> on it and tell me if you feel anything. What? That's yeah. COVID, right? Totally. That's they tell you that. That's in the, every doctor's office before you can go in and get the swab. They say stick your tongue in your uh, in your oven. Please don't stick your tongue in your oven. But I just realized. No, I'm not going just, to. No, not, not in oh, the oven. The on the stove. Yeah. On the stove. Don't do that either. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm I say oven. <laughs> but that's one of the symptoms: is the the loss okay. of smell. It may be the beer, Adele. It could. How many? How I, th- many, I think it's how the many, beer. Well, that's a good. That's a good assumption. We really are. We really going to spend Listen, a quarter at, of this episode talking to Dell yes, down? Yes. Go this, is what, this is what we are now. Uh, Listen, I love a good mystery. I love a good who done it. So let's get to the bottom of why the beer doesn't smell. Well, it smells. It's just not as strong. Like I mean, like. When when it was freshly yeah. kegged and, and carbonated and served, it was intense. There was so much aroma. I'm st- when I when I drink it, I'm still getting the mango up front, but uh, even the bitterness has kind of dropped out a bit and it's mellowed out. And now it's turned into this really easy drinking. Whereas before, it was like super intense, super bitter. I loved it, and now it's kind of dropped down to this like easier drinking. Um, New England IPA. It's still got that beautiful haze. The color's still nice. I was still getting good head on it, but it's not as bitter now. And it's been weeks, yeah. right? When so it? it 100% could be. Uh, I can't say 100%, but I'm saying one of the things it could be is you were getting a hot bite, perhaps, in the beginning, and that has now subsided to make it a little more of a fruitier beer. Um a lot of times if you heavily dry hop or you dry hop like like you were usually dry hopping in a bag. Now you're not. Uh, it could be a beer that is, you know, uh, got more of that green aspect. And then you it's now starting to, to mellow out. Mature. As yeah. Beer. Or you or have, have COVID. COVID. Or I have COVID. I did leave the house oh, this week. Jeez. I did. <laughs> I left the house this week. I had a chiropractor appointment and a massage. Right, let's do some. Let's do some contract rate. Oh my god, you got a massage? I needed you it. Maniac? I needed it so bad. It was so worth it. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you haven't even gotten the first shot of anything, and I'm not going to for a long time. It's just not going to be available for me. Everyone else is getting it, but Adele I'm in the boonies, me, and they're like, "You're you too told young." Me that everything's like. They, it's so locked. It is locked out. Like if you go outside, they're oh, gonna shit. they're gonna fight you in Canada. The Mounties are gonna come for you and hit you with their batons. And you're out here getting massages. Yeah, it was Canada. Was I am Canada? Yeah. Was I am legend. like when the when dusk comes? Described it. Like you better get inside. 
Like you better, even if you're not in your house, you better get into <laughs> a house. And you're out here getting massages. That doesn't seem very locked. Well, it's, but but that's still like a part of like the regulated healthcare, like stuff. <laughs> in that's fuck out of here. <laughs> what it is? No, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying I'm laughing because that's ridiculous. Um, but okay, listen, yeah. you might have COVID, and, and we. <laughs> That's something you're going to have to deal yeah. with off the Listen, off-air. we don't COVID shame, so if you have it, that's fine. We don't COVID shame, but we do judge. So if if you do have it, that's fine. But on the other end, if you do have it, we think you're an asshole. Yeah. So it's <laughs> a little bit of a slippery And you're spreading it to this, this poor person who's giving you the rub down. And that isn't, that isn't cool. So or the person it. giving the rub down spread it to her. That's a part of contract. contract that was that branded. was the the only kind of new place that I've yeah, been in a, we're connecting months. Dots here. Oh, months. We're connecting dots. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was the I, massage. I still say, I still say, a, um, a tongue on yeah. the stove test is is just a quick. necessary, but <laughs> just a quick, just a quick, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, if you get burned and you and you feel it. You don't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that would that would suffice, I guess. That's that's a good test. Or I can go to the trailer at the hospital and, and get my nose tickled. No, my brain tickled. That's what they say. Yeah, I can go there. <laughs> I think yeah. little little tickle in the brain. So no. So we don't really have anything down the pipeline right now for what are we brewing, but we need to figure out. We need a little anvil update from Nick. So uh, what's going on with that anvil, son? Yeah, last time we left off last week, uh, they were had sent me a new relay and a new fan, and so I installed both of those, and um, and it's still still not heating. So I reached out to Anvil within 24 hours. They got back to me. They're sending out a brand new unit, uh, a whole. It's actually not the whole anvil foundry. It's actually just the shell, which is all we need. You know, it's the shell with the bottom. Um, it does not include the wart chiller. It doesn't include the lid. It doesn't include the basket. It's just like the shell, that metal shell. So they sent it out on, went on Thursday. It should be coming, arriving on tomorrow. And I'll be sending them back, uh, the unit that we have. So big thanks to the folks at Anvil. We'll see how that works. Uh, if that unit doesn't work, then I know it's something in my house. But again, we've, we've tested, uh, you know, the last last case scenario is that you want to have a new unit sent to you. So uh, we've tested on 120, on 240, different outlets, and it just doesn't seem to be working. So hopefully this new unit coming will will help us out. Um, and, and this will be the, the unit that works. So until then, we're kind of just waiting. Um, but I would I would like to brew possibly next weekend. Yeah, would be nice. Uh, the only thing that stinks about that is we're back to 120. Uh, because the new shell will more than likely just be the 120 shell. Um, oh yeah, we just gotta, that's right. That's right. Uh, we never changed the plugs out, so that doesn't matter. Right. You don't have to. So so, yeah, we can change it to 240. Never mind. My bad. It was the actual wallet. So we're good. Yeah, cool. Fucking Dumbo. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk experimentation. Stick around. 
I think that there is there there seems to be a perception within the podcast and within the listenership of the podcast that uh that I don't care about the podcast. There seems to be this this idea Who that I that? don't care. And what I mean by that is you When did I say that? You have said I said you don't <laughs> you, care about We got into a fight once and you said that I didn't care about the well, podcast. Well you said So I want everybody to know you bet you were saying specifically for weeks this is your thing, man. I'm just here for the ride. So that gave me the perception, and then we fought about it. I haven't said shit about it since. Yeah. Right, but because I'm petty and Jewish, it's 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 up in here. It's up. It's up. Fucking rolling around up in my dome. So yeah. Friday comes. Or was it Monday? Has to be I think Monday. it was Monday. And I go to turn my computer on. Computer ain't turning on. I have no idea what's going on with this thing. I got the caps lock thing blinking. I have no idea what's going on. So I go into work that day. I call up Best Buy. If there's one thing I do well in life, Adele, it's that I buy warranties. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy the shit out of a warranty. So computer's dead. Things done. So I have no idea what's going on. Call Best Buy. They go, hey, you have you have your warranty. It's You've got that extended warranty. Great. I bring it in. Girl at the front desk. I don't know what be- – Adele, do you have Best Buys Yep. in Canada? Yep. Do you know the Geek Squad? Yep. I don't know what the fuck these people do. I'll tell you what. I go in there and I'm thinking they're going to be able to fix this thing, bada bing, in and out. She grabs it. She goes, all right, what's your name? She takes my name. She goes, all right, I'm going to bring this computer in the back. What? You're bringing that into the back? Like into the back? Like where only employees are allowed? Why? What, what kind of What kind of magical – what kind of wizardry is going on in back that you need to bring my laptop and not bring me? So she brings it out. She brings it out. She goes, all right, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with it. And I go, I'm pretty sure the thing needs a new board. Like it needs a new motherboard. The thing's motherfucked. She goes, all right, let me take it in back again. <laughs> what the hell is going on? You've taken this thing in the back twice already. I don't know where you're bringing it, who you're bringing it to, and what the fuck you're doing with it. What, what is going on? She brings it out again. And she goes, all right, we're going to have to send this out for repair. It's going to take two weeks. Do you need a computer? And I look at her and I go, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Most of us are working from home. Do you think I need a computer? I go, can I get a loaner? <laughs> she goes, we don't do yeah. loaners. But what the hell? What the, what the hell? Two weeks? Like there's people that work for a living on their computers, work from home. It's, it's, you know, hey, coronavirus, <laughs> ever heard of it? <laughs> like, what the hell? Two weeks, right? So I go, all right, fine. She goes, you can buy a computer and then like exchange, like you can return it when your when your computer comes in fixed. And I'm sitting there going, that is the biggest scam of all time. I'm gonna buy a new computer. I'm gonna fall in love with it, and then my computer's gonna come <laughs> in. I'm gonna go, I don't want that piece of shit. So I'm I'm looking around and I see these computers that are like, you know, yeah. floor models, right, Brandon? So I go, all right, I'm gonna get myself get get some money off. I'm gonna show them, get myself <laughs> yeah, a little floor exactly. model, right? I'm not going to buy full price, Brandon. Like, yeah. do I look like a sucker? So I grab a, I grab a computer. It's like 220 bucks. I'm like, this is perfect, right? Grab it, bring it up, pay for it. Drive a half hour, 35 minutes home. Get home. My wife's like, so what'd you get? I go, I got a, uh, I got like a an HP Chromebook. She goes, a Chromebook. She's like, a Chromebook. That's like a, that's like your phone. Like downloads apps. That's all it does. I go, <laughs> she goes, you want to bet? I go, there's no way. Why? Like there's no computer. way. I go, the people at Best Buy would have said something to me. 
they knew I was turning in a computer. Why would I turn in a full, a full blown computer for a fucking iPad? Pretty much. She goes, I'm telling you, that's what it is. Sure as shit. I boot this thing up. I tried to download, uh, I tried to download audacity. Yeah. That, that shit ain't downloading that, 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 that this Chromebook's never heard of audacity. I got pop-ups going all over the place. I go, all right, what the fuck? I just drove 35 minutes. Next, I go. Now I got to return. Now I got to return the Chromebook. Okay, so I re, I drive to a different location that's closer to my work the next day. Return the Chromebook and get a four hundred and seventy dollar seventeen inch. You know this thing looks sweet. Lenovo is an awesome laptop, right? I get home, I power the thing up. This thing was slower than my first computer. I go. This thing it will not, it's booting up and the internet is going so slow. It won't connect to my Wi-Fi. I have no idea why it's telling me that the password's correct, but it won't connect. It's unable to connect. I go, these fucking assholes at Best Buy, I've had it. I've had it. I go, I cannot handle this computer. My new, my old computer has to come in immediately. Well, instead of two weeks, the computer came in today, guys today so i i called them up i checked the tracking i said listen is my computer there the girl goes yes it is i'll let them know you're coming to pick it up i go drive 45 minutes out of my way to avoid traffic brandon knows how bad traffic can be heading down to the cape heading down to cape cod so i went around traffic i drive 45 minutes there i get there and the girl goes i don't think we have it in I go, you absolutely have it in because I talked to a girl earlier who said that you had it in. And she goes, well, I've been here all day and I didn't get a call like that. Okay. Dumb, dumb. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm telling you exactly. Why would I lie? Who lies about that? Yeah, I called somebody and they said it was here. Like, why would you lie about that? 10, 15 minutes come by. 10 to 15 minutes go by. She comes out with the computer and she goes, oh, it must have just got dropped off an hour ago or so because it was it was like sitting in a box like like on the loading dock i wasn't even gonna fucking argue with her just give me the fucking computer i called at 10 in the morning it's like 4 30 i'm telling you i'm telling you this computer did not come in an hour ago so she gives me the computer i'm brandon i'll tell you what i tried to she goes you gotta turn on the computer but there's a bit key i go what the i go look at her i go what's a bit key she goes it's attached to your Windows Windows account. I go, I don't have a Windows account. She goes, all right, well, we're going to have to troubleshoot this then. So then I, I'm, Brandon, I'm in the middle of trying to get, I'm trying to get my computer up. I'm trying, and then I'm trying to, I'm trying to return the Lenovo that I got because the thing's slow as hell. I was thinking about saving it as a second computer. The thing's slow as hell. Fuck that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. So I'm trying to return that. I'm, Brandon, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm running a marathon. I'm bouncing between the, <laughs> the return desk and then the geek, the geek freaks. I'm going, I'm going geek, the freak, geek the freak, the return desk, return desk, the, the geek guys. Like I, I'm running back and forth. I don't know left from right, Brandon. I don't know up from down. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm trying to get the bit key working and then I'm trying to get my return going. He, he keeps ringing in the return and the thing's not scanning correctly. So he's going beep, looking at the computer, beep, looking at the computer, beep, looking at the, I, I go, listen, how much longer is this going to take? I got to go, I got to go figure out my computer. He goes, it's only going to take a second. Like I just got to plug it in and make sure it's working. Waiting, waiting. He goes, you're right. This <laughs> yeah, thing is no slow. Shit, motherfucker. Yeah, no shit. So he takes a computer over, he plugs it in. He's trying to work it. He, he, what was supposed to take a second was taking like seven minutes. I go, all right, fuck this. So I walk over, I'm looking at the bit key scenario. I try to get the bit key working. It's attached to the email. I check my email. Long story long. 
the big key won't work for me because it's under my wife's name. (laughs) (laughs) So I take the computer. I don't even say anything to the geek freak girl. I walk right up to the return desk. I get my receipt and I leave. This was the biggest shit show. Best Buy, just get your shit together. I know last week I had mentioned briefly about a beer that Brandon and I brewed called Bryant Bird versus Bryant, which was like a hybrid New England West Coast IPA. We had brewed this beer years ago. What, Brandon? Yeah, three years ago, maybe? There. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm guessing. Four years ago? I don't know. Um, it was a completely experimental beer, and it ended up turning out really well. I think it was one of the beers that we really enjoyed. Um, we kind of brewed it like it was a New England um, in terms of the grist, but the hops, we probably laid back a little bit. I'd, I'd have to pull up the recipe, but basically uh, we, we utilized a yeast that dropped out relatively quickly, yes. if I remember correctly. And, and the beer just turned out really well, but it just, we didn't know what it was. Yeah. So that brings us to our topic today, which is what do you prefer? Uh, and, and it's not even a, pref- a preference thing. It's sort of just talking through the differences between experimental beers uh, beers that might be a little outside of the box, a little outside of the realm of the normal style, uh, to- and and that versus beers that are closer to to style, more traditional, more ref- I won't even say refined, but let's just say refined, more to style, uh, and and how we feel about it as homebrewers what we sort of gravitate to and also what we're looking for on the craft beer side. So how do you guys feel about, do you like to experiment? Are you looking for something more close to style when you are brewing yourself? I got to say it really depends on my mood and like what I'm, what I'm just feeling. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I want to get creative. I'm going to do something and just go off the rails and try something you know, fruity or, you know, add some extracts and this and that. But, um, I also like to, you know, explore beers. I'm not as well versed as most people. So, you know, I, I want to sometimes take a recipe out of a book that is perceived as being like true to a certain style and then kind of experience it, learn it, and then think like, how would I change this or how would I not? And just learn about that particular style by brewing to that style. So for me, like it's it really depends on my mood. And then also it could be a part of like, do I want to just kind of better my craft by experimenting with different ingredients and tweaking things to try to get it closer to what um, the perceived style is supposed to be or something like that. But I think it's just, oh, it's a wild west out there. It really is. In, in terms of like beer and creativity and experimenting, like, what is it that you're doing? Like, are you being creative or are you experimenting to find what that characteristic is of that specific grain or hop or yeast, or are you trying to win a competition? I mean, there's creative ways to do that stuff too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be creative and experiment, but also be creative and stick to style. 
you know, it's an art homebrewing. There's an art to homebrewing. So, you know, you can, it, it, you're, you brewing a beer to style doesn't necessarily mean you're sticking to the script in terms of, um, in terms of the recipe you are, but in terms of the overall experience of brewing the beer, you can fuck something up, whether it's, you know, the fermentation temperature, the mash temperature, dry hopping at the wrong time, dry hopping for too long, whatever the case may be, just to think up a few things, but you can be creative and brew to style. I mean, that's, you're putting your own spin on what a classic style could be like a West coast IPA, you know, um, brewing off of a recipe like Sierra Nevada celebration ale or whatever it is. Like you could brew a clone of that beer and it's a clone. It's not the real, like it's not a tit for tat, you know, remake because you're brewing it on a smaller system. So you're able to control quality a little bit better than the big guys are. And you're able to put your own little five gallon, 10 gallon homebrew spin on it. And that's what, I mean, that there is a creative aspect to that for sure. So suck it Adele. How'd that, how'd that one taste? Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with the fact that you can brew to style and put your own little flair on it. Uh, and have that little happy medium where you are um, experimenting within style ranges. I am a big component of learning styles and sort of brewing to style a little bit and and getting those basics out. I really do enjoy doing that. Um, I think that's great practice in process. Um, but you know, sometimes, and, and I've, I've been, uh, I do this a lot and Nick's a good person to reel me back in is sometimes I'll go off the walls. I'll say, Oh yeah, let's do a, B, C, D, and E all new styles, all new processes, all new ingredients. Like, let's just fucking hit shit against the wall. And a lot of times, you know, uh, sometimes you can do that. And, and if it's not for a competition, it's not for something, Else, you could just throw that against the wall, see what sticks, and it's a good learning experience. Uh, so I feel like I, I I like both. I um I probably tend towards wanting to brew to style, uh, and and trying to perfect some styles like we have with our New Englands. Um, but I could. Uh, you could make the argument that it's harder to brew to style than correct. it is, and to and that's actually what I was trying to get to is. A good example of style that is true to style, delicious, captures all those qualities is a hard, hard thing to do. And it is a beautiful thing to do in its in its simplicity um, that it's that it it I I love a beer that is just a great brewed Kolsch, a great brewed pale ale, a great brewed New England IPA a grapefruit stout, uh, something like that. So something that isn't as um, crazy or has all those competing flavors. Yeah. I think in the beginning of my homebrew days, we were doing a whole lot of experimenting and now. So as Brandon mentioned, we're more brewing to style. And I think it's because we've honed in our process to such a degree that when we do experiment, we're still relatively staying very close to style. Um, you know, in the beginning when I was homebrewing, as I mentioned, that Brian, that bird versus Brian, like mixed New England and, and West Coast style. And we did, you know, strawberry saison and we did, and the grist wasn't like, um, 
a classic Saison. So it just, you know, now so there is such an art and such a skill in brewing to style. It's very hard to do, um, especially if you're in competition. So if you're a competition brewer like Brandon and myself and now Adele popping that competition cherry are, you know, brewing to style in these, you know, BJCP judge competitions is very important. And it really tests your skills as a home brewer, being able to brew a great New England IPA, a great Kolsch, as Brandon said, a great, you know, porter, lager. Um, and so I, I think that there's still a lot of fun and excitement with doing things like that. And it's probably why Brandon and I have stuck to style since probably since we got into electric. Yeah, brewing. I mean, we we the the last thing I would say that wasn't that was a little outside of the box that we did was uh, we just did a Fruity Pebbles milkshake IPA. Um, you know what though that, that those beers have yeah, been done by I would big agree. breweries though I would agree you know what I mean so it's not like we went it's not like we made something up and it's not like we went completely out of left field in terms of what we normally do I'd agree with you I think it's it's a little it's it's a little off the beaten path from what we were normally doing but with that said I mean uh, there were quite a few breweries at least in the area here that it that it dicked around quite a bit with uh, with milkshake IPAs so with that milkshake IPA with the with cereal in it, would you be able to enter that into an NHC competition? Like, is there a category for that? I don't think there's a milkshake IPA category, yeah, but would, I believe there's mm-hmm. a specialty IPA yep. category. Uh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, okay. it would go under the specialty. Um, but you're you're at that point, you're going up against so many different types of IPAs. And that's that it's that kind of Within experiments, which is, or sorry, within competitions, BJCP judge competitions, what's great is a lot of the categories have the specialty, falls under the specialty banner. So you're able to do some experimenting there. But but at that point, it's not as much to style and it's more so luck of the draw in terms of who you get for judges. Mm-hmm. If you're brewing a lavender IPA, you may get a judge that's more sensitive to lavender or a judge that wants more lavender. And so it's really kind of when you enter that specialty IP category in a competition, not to get into competitions, uh, you're really kind of playing with fire a little bit in terms of the judging. It's a little more of a, um, Brandon, what's the name of that game when you put one bullet Russian in the chamber and you, and you press the trigger? So you're, it's really Russian roulette. It's homebrew competition. Russian yeah. roulette. Um, I would say that, uh, I think I think experimenting within style is awesome. Um, experimenting within reasons awesome. And honestly, if you want to go outside of the box, do it. Sometimes I feel like if you're going outside of the box to be crazy, just to be crazy, I don't know if that's going to, you know, equate into the finished product. Meaning that if you're just like I'm gonna brew with glitter and this and that and all these things. I know Adele doesn't like glitter. I always bring up glitter as the, the, the all the way extreme, but I'm just talking about if you do things like that, you're just to be that different because you are home brewing. I don't know if the beer is necessarily going to taste great. And to Brandon's point, I think that there are only so many variables that you can include in one brew there's a there's a scale and when you tip the scale with too many variables wh- what are you learning at that point right and so with every beer there should be a learning and there should be either a desire to get better or a desire to keep the status quo maybe you brewed a beer that's just like chef's kiss perfect right maybe 
the beer, most times the beer needs to be improved in some form or fashion. Usually, um, the more seasoned you are as a home brewer, the quicker that, that dialing in kind of happens. But you know, when you're experimenting, you should really try to keep the variables to a minimum. Um, that way, when you're tasting the beer throughout its maturity, uh, as a brew from the first day that you crack that keg, that first pour to the last, you know, you should get some high level learning and even something more granular out of, out of a learning out of that beer. Right. So that's kind of the goal with, when you do experiment with experimenting is to get some sort of learning out of it ultimately. Yeah, I would, I would agree on that. And I would say on the commercial side, um, I do. I, Hey, listen, I like a, a crazy off the wall, stout that has marshmallow and this that and the other and just all these flavors and if you can blend them correctly and they're not just this this high dose of sugar in a glass they they work pretty well um but again it has to be done in a way that isn't isn't overpowering it isn't take it because because there's that fine line between nuanced um complexity getting those things all mixing together right and just having something that is too overbearing um so on the commercial side it is a fine line to get one of those experimental little outside of the box beers to taste good but i think sometimes people again some of these beers are because we've talked about them pickle beers um things like that there is Pizza beers, Pizza hot sauce beers. beers. Hot sauce Some of these beers. things aren't necessarily looking for the good factor. They don't want to be good. They're correct. That's more shocking. You are you are a niche opinion. beer. You are do people are going to buy that beer for the fun of it or or to try it out in a way of like they're not buying it because they think it will be the best thing in the world. They're buying it because like I've never heard of this before. I have to know what this tastes like and good, bad, or indifferent. They've already bought the beer at that point. At that point though, or I don't think it's right for a brewery to sell a beer that people need to pour out. So yes, it should be crazy and and it it could be creative, but it should still be drinkable, at least drinkable. If someone can't get through a quarter of that pint before they're like, fuck it, I got to pour this out. Don't sell the you, beer. Yeah. What if you bought something? Subjective. Yeah. Taste is subjective. You you can do a pickle beer if people that love pickle might love it. People that don't love pickle might love it. Like the taste is completely subjective. It, it is an awe, shock and awe factor, but there is some level you, you can't say like, don't, don't release this beer because it's a pickle beer and people might not like it. Well, maybe it, that's the know? overpowering factor. Like if it's too overpowering, then like, is that really a sellable beer? Like, should you actually sell it? Like, think of the advent calendar that I had. I swear to God, they were like, you know what? We can't sell these beers as is because they're shit. So what we do is we're just going to put it hidden inside of an advent calendar. They're not going to know what they get until they paid for it. And that's how we're going to get rid of it because no one's going to take a sample of this out of our tap room and be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a couple of cans of that. No, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? And like throw it on the floor. Yeah, sorry. I was about that. Do you think that there are people that had that advent calendar that enjoyed it? <sighs> no. 
I, I haven't talked to anybody who could 100% say, yes, I enjoyed every one the, of these well, beers. Again, how many beers? They all had, to, everyone had to pour it a, a couple. In an advent calendar? No, no, it was 24. Uh, who's going to enjoy, if I had 24 different beers, there's no way I'm going to enjoy all 24. You're missing my overarching. There's point, there's a difference is... between enjoying and having to okay. pour it out. Listen to Nick's like, point, please. I don't think she wants <laughs> no, to. No, I, I want to. What is your point? I don't what think there's point? a desire there. Correct. It's just that taste is subjective. And so I think it would be completely misguided to think that, you know, you had something that you didn't enjoy and nobody else did either. Because in every aspect, from a flavor palette perspective, like it's completely subjective. So, so did either of you guys like those beers from my no. advent calendar? No. No. And neither did well, my that's husband. five people. And neither did I like anybody else. Friggin' Muskoka loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. We should go on. I, I had, on I had one, one out of 24 beers, and I think you'd be very hard-pressed to find one beer that was yeah. universally hated in any aspect. I think that... Would you feel you proud have, of selling that beer if it was you? You brewed a bunch you of You could beer. absolutely be right. You could absolutely <laughs> be right with what you're saying, with the brewery going, these aren't good beers, we're going to put them out anyway. I'm not saying you're wrong in that. What I'm saying is is that it would be misguided to think that everybody who had them didn't like them. I had one beer out of 24 that was six months old, maybe four months old, whatever it was. Like it was an old beer. Admittedly, I had let it sit a while. Like, so, and I'm not by no means, I mean, you didn't like the beer. So I'm not, I trust your judgment when it's fresh or whatever. My point is, is that taste is subjective. And so when you're experimenting, the idea that you taste a beer and if you don't like, I understand the idea of Adele saying like, if you don't think it's good, why would you put it out or whatever? There, there's a market there for people that like dill pickle beers or whatever that fucking pumpkin saison was that I had. And that's an experimental beer. Like you don't see pumpkin saisons. Like it's in, that's an experimental beer. And so whatever the fuck I had, ginger, whatever it was. So it, it tastes as subjective as my overarching. It's point. one of those things. And, and we're probably harder on beers than most because we brew them. We are, we have a lot of them. So we know sort of what we're looking for. And it seems like the more educated you get. And, and this might just be a me thing. Cause I've seen it a lot, or at least I perceive, I see it a lot is once you start learning about off flavors and things like that, I think, think you dive a little too deep and i think we pull things again these breweries could have off flavors they could have diacetyl they could have these things but i think once you are looking for them you can kind of perceive them in anything it's sort of like it it's a perception versus reality if you will where you are perceiving things and because it is now in your mind there was a study done on that, and it's exactly that's exactly what Brandon said. And I believe they may even teach yeah. that when you're getting your BJCP certification. Is the idea that basically when you're drinking beers, don't always look for, like stop looking for flaws. Like drink the beer, dissect the beer, but mentally you should not be trying to look for flaws. It's not very often beers that you know are going to have flaws. Not on the commercial scale, generally. Way more often than not, you'll find beers that are at least to style. Now, they, you may not like whatever hop they used or the yeast or whatever the case may be. Rarely are you going to drink a beer and go, this has a, quite a bit of diacetyl or this has a taste of DMS. It, it just, it, 
not to the to the train palate maybe you know it's but more often than not the beer is to style or you know it just may not be as good as you like it like this blueberry the blueberry berliner vice i had to, it's too style it's fine yeah. but it didn't knock my socks off and and honestly nick i have noticed it a little more in the in the craft and a more pe- have you noticed people i have noticed this thing i went to a brewery and i perceived this this and this off flavor and every time I go to this said brewery, I get this set off flavor and it might be, Hey, they might be getting it. Um, you know, there is no test that you need to, to friggin' open a homebrew. I mean, open a, a craft brewery. Like they a hundred percent could be getting these things, but it could also be a perception as you know of these things and you're kind of looking for them. So I would just say that like, you know, like Nick said, uh, which they might train the BJCP judges, it's just like, don't look for these things. Try to enjoy the beer on its own merit and then judge it that way without these preconceived notions, if you can. I know it's tough. Yeah, we kind of got into the weeds a little bit, but our other overarching point, I believe, is um, experiment if you'd like. <laughs> and uh, brew beers to style. Do as a home brewer, do what makes you happy, and as a craft beer consumer, drink what makes you Just happy. Just don't sell Adele an advent calendar ever again. Hey, guess oh what's coming next year, no. Adele? The Exit 12 advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. If you can send me an advent calendar. That has like just two of your beers. Like I'd be happy. I want the West Coast IPA. I want wait, no, maybe three. I want Donovan. I want Sam. Okay. You could throw in a milkshake. That that's okay. I was. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think we can put twenty four to beer beers. Does it have? Year, they don't have to be different. They don't have to be different. That's what I'm saying. Like, give me duplicates. I'd rather duplicates. Twenty four like, beers. Oh my god. Twenty four beers. Oh, duplicates. Is a lot gotcha, of beers, okay. but you for the that's brew lady. Uh, maybe we could do something. Not 24, but maybe we can do something. We'll do like a, a 24 beer advent calendar. She's gonna oh, we're gonna make her open it up live on air. She's gonna pop open like day 12 and go, oh, it's another Donovan. <laughs> up next is everyone's favorite bit in this entire podcast. It's called Brew Songs. If you're not familiar, if you're just starting to listen to this podcast, Brew Songs is a bit where myself, Adele, and Brandon each choose one song each every week that is added to a playlist that Brandon puts on Spotify. You can follow that playlist on Spotify. E12 Brew Songs on Spotify. Right now we have 10 followers. We've had the same 10 followers for about the past 11 episodes. If you want to jump on, there are already people on the dance floor right now. Don't feel uncomfortable about hitting that subscribe button. Just jump on. Just get onto the dance floor and start dancing. There's already people doing it. You're not going to look weird if you get on the dance floor and start dancing. It's not going to be awkward. Just jump in head first. Click the subscribe button, E12 Brew Songs on Spotify. That is E12 Brew Songs on Spotify. You can listen to this playlist whenever you want, however you want. That's the great, that's what makes America great. (laughs) And wherever you're listening from. That's what makes Spotify great. Uh, that went down a weird political yeah. like road that I was not intending. <laughs> uh, but listen to this podcast whenever you want. Listen to it however you want. You can listen to it when you're folding laundry. You can listen to it when you're giving somebody the perfect plex. You can listen to it when you're tying your shoes, when you're about to go tap dancing. You can listen to it when you're 
beating up some children. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, listen to this playlist. There are songs on the playlist that are tailored towards beating up children. So by all means, they'll get you pumped up. By all means, follow us E12 Brew Songs on Spotify. That is E12 Brew Songs on Spotify. I am up first. And as the host of this bit, there's always that pressure to come with the heat. And so this week, I did a little bit of soul searching for this song, knowing I was going to go first. And I said, I, I have to come with a, I have to come with a song that's going to get asses out of seats and that's going to get people dancing, mainly Adele. And so, so this week, my song is by Calvin Harris featuring John Newman. The name of the song is Blame off of the album Motion released in 2014, 15 songs, 55 minutes, 53 seconds. This song is 3 minutes and 32 seconds, and this song is an absolute heater. This song is a song I used to listen to constantly when I was running. And it just, like, it takes 30 seconds to get going, but once it does, this is an Andrew Roan special. If he still listens to the podcast, I'm thinking he's going to really like this song. He gets more Brew Song shoutouts per capita than any gentleman that's ever gotten. You know why? Because he's the he most is. critical he's, of the he's playlist. A, he he's is, the most he critical likes of this to bit. Say something. Uh, yeah, he he is definitely a guy that. Oh, a little. He was. Nick was doing a little Jersey Shore there, fist bump. Cubs are here. Hey, Cubs oh, are dude, here. Oh, the song remember is that? such a heater. Remember that back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I do. Remember that was a good little reference. You know what is? You know what's here though? Yeah. The bang is here. Because this is a flat out banger. I, I'm thinking. Like Nick's Nick's on to something with the running thing. If I was to run, which I'm not well, doing, trust would, me, it's not it happening. Would, but if I was there, to run, there's sports bras <laughs> that would need to be put on. We know that's not happening. So, <laughs> oh, I, I hate bras. Bras suck. Oh no, when you're running, you have to wear a bra. But no, but like this is this is the perfect jam for high intensity interval training, so that you're like. You've got those mellow parts where you're supposed to like, okay, like chill out for a second, like mellow out. And then you got to give her for like a good 20 seconds. So like, this would be that jam. This is like... Yeah, and then, okay, right now. Now, right now we're running. You're talking about like, like, uh, uh, yeah. what is that? Spin class. That's what... Do they do that in spin spin class? We got the guy up there like, we're going up the hill. And like, the ladies are out there doing their thing. Or gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, I, no, that was, men that too. Yeah, men uh, do it too. Of course, gentlemen can, can do spin class as well. We have guys in our homebrew club that have the Peloton bike. It's the same concept. They love the Peloton. They swear by it. They haven't oh, lost any weight using shots. it, but they, they love that it. Was <laughs> that was Ricochet shot. That's right. That's because they can't reply. You understand? <laughs> they, this is just yeah. us three. Brandon is a man of many different listens, many different choices, many different tastes, many different sexes. He, what he is just that? loves. <laughs> he's very. What's the last one well, what I'm trying to say is. <laughs> well, let me explain. You don't limit yourself to just one thing. You like to venture out into different aspects of life in any capacity. And that you're 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 a simple man on the outside, but on the inside, you are very. You know, there's a lot of layers to you. And so that's what I'm trying to convey is that, you know, whether it's the songs, specifically in in this example, it's music. Brandon goes all over the place and he applies that term all over the place to every aspect of his life. 
And so what's great about this song is that this week it's Brandon's. He's second up and he went, decided to go a little bit on the hip hop route and go MF Doom, Doomsday, featuring Brandon's that Pebbles. Uh, the, yeah, I'm not 100% not who that up. is. It's, it's MF Doom. It's MF Doom featuring Pebbles the Invisible Girl. It's called Doomsday. Four minutes and 58 seconds off of the album Operation Doomsday. Released in 1999, 42 songs, two hours and 17 minutes is the length of the entire album. Brandon, I'm a sucker for stuff like this. Listen, MF Doom, rest in peace, uh, died last October. Underrated artist, uh, just a fucking jam. He's got that smooth jam like you'd get with uh, the funk. Like the funk, you know, if you're getting funk bands, the old funk bands. Just an awesome jam. Like you can mash into this, you could friggin' do anything to this. This this is just smooth, smooth. You know, yeah, you know what I love about this bit about this song, Brandon, is I've never heard this before, but it's it's like relaxed hip hop, just like you said. And this is perfect B-roll background music for like our well, our YouTube videos. He's he rest in peace. He wouldn't sue us because he's not with us. But somebody, yeah, somebody, probably somebody would if we used it. It would still get copyrighted. You know, just, uh, you know, okay. Because that would be a good loophole. Like, if we could just use people that aren't around anymore. But I don't think that works because their estates go to other people. You can't just be like, are the Beatles around? Let's just use everybody but friggin'. Oh, the Beatles are still around. (laughs) But Tupac, we could use, like, Tupac. We could just... You idiot. Take all the Tupac. Brandon thought the Beatles were dead. I knew that one of them was Brandon was convinced that every Uh, member of the Beatles More than one of them. Is Ringo still alive? Maybe. This become the the Beatles podcast. I have no idea. Uh, but no, no. Uh, I learned something else in my brain today that you can't. You could still get copywritten by people even though they're dead. So that makes sense to me. Adele, what do you think of this? It's like a song that's like it, a hip but elegant. It's which is. A odd combination. Like I don't hate it, but like I'm just I'm just envisioning myself just going into like that hotel bar. Obviously, I'm not picking the music, but they they play something that's not offensive to people that don't listen to that genre, and it's still chill enough that you're like, I need a so, nice fancy cocktail, and I'm just gonna wait for my room key here. Room key? Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> You're checking into the resort. So if you know this gentleman, MF Doom, which I'm assuming Adele doesn't know, uh, he he uh, was almost exclusively in a villain's helmet. Uh, pretty much his whole rap career, he he wore a metal helmet. Uh, badass, just just straight up badass. Very true. And another th- one other thing that's badass is Adele's music choosing. Just somebody could uh, explain it, Brandon, as completely badass. <laughs> um, and this week is no different, Brandon. Adele's song this week, just for frame of reference, has gotten 629,000 plays. The next highest song on the album of the artist 
The next highest play number <laughs> is 32,034 songs. I like what I like. I don't know how you find what you like. So Adele goes very weird. <laughs> Adele goes <laughs> Adele goes for obscure bands with Correct. one popular song with hit with like one hit wonders. So Adele's song this week is called Cigarettes Are My Only Friend by the Boondocks. This song itself is in even three oh. minutes, Brandon, so very short. Off of the album, USB, which is literally like a USB drive, released in 2014, so relatively new, uh, in the Stone Age in terms of, from a musical standpoint, but 11 songs, 32 minutes, and 2 seconds on the whole album. And I will not be putting this on my clip. When does it start, though? Oh, uh, Brian, this is a total basement band. Yeah, this song... Oh, Brandon, can you imagine some like, some like skinny, some like yeah. skinny emo kid with like literally, you know, he might weigh 70 pounds soaking wet and he's just like, he's in the front of the, of the band, right? And he's just yep. slamming the guitar, just banging it and banging it and Adele yep. is just. He's got a uh, hair over his face, eating the fucking microphone, thinking he's the next Kurt fucking Cobain. Like. Just fucking <laughs> up against the microphone in his fucking band. Like, this was this the acoustics right here. Eating the microphone oh, like yeah. he's George uh, Animal Steel. Good reference. Uh, 100%. This was this is the acoustics of somebody in their garage. Alone, though. He's, uh, Everyone is alone. Mean? Everyone is in their basement and they're alone. I'm in, like, severe lockdown again. Yeah, hey, you're, you're getting you're all alone, down, man. So, I don't know how severe. Okay, You're not true. locked. You <laughs> yeah, just like, went and got a massage. <laughs> you had us locked. last week. We're like, oh fuck, Adele's really like. It's hard. It's hard up. Like she she's can't feeling, even go to the grocery yeah, store. Yeah. Like I feel legitimately bad. No, we can go to the grocery store. Go anywhere. Store. You just can't buy if any. You can non, get. Non- if you can get you can a do massage. You, you can do anything. There's nothing you can't do. But I mean, that was the biggest lie she's ever told. What are you talking about? The registered massage therapists are like regulated in mean? Canada. If you can get a massage. Yeah, right, you can get COVID a massage. Is you can do anything. It doesn't matter. You can do anything. Still a, right. There's nothing right. you can't do that's more. Was she massaging you with like massage. stilts on? So you can do anything. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what's the difference of? Uh, well, actually, there's a huge difference between me getting massage and someone getting their teeth cleaned at the dentist. Like, I'm not breathing all over. I'm I'm wearing my mask. I'm She's vaccinated. wearing a mask. Yeah, that's not a thing very much in Canada. I mean, people are getting vaccinated, just not fast enough. But but that's, I mean, that's kind of the point, is that you ta- told us how you were just like, yeah, you were house-ridden. Like, you were just, you were sitting well, in the house Well, I'm still gonna take day. care of myself, and I, I have you to. You just went out and ran <laughs> fucking errands. Like, no, I didn't. I, I went so and got a massage and I'm trying to treat my back. What is, alright, I don't wanna poo-poo Adele's medical situations. I don't know about Adele's medical situation. All I'm saying is don't convey the idea yes. that like you're a shut-in when you're not. You just went out and yeah. you went out and did things. So Brandon and I felt super bad <laughs> we're like fucking Adele sitting in the house all day every but day. Like that's, martial that's awesome fucking thing. laws like, no, like, is happening in Canada. Like legitimately uh, like you can't go out. They closed down playgrounds at one point. They actually closed down playgrounds at one point. Like that's how much they're shutting shit down. And then they're like there was a huge backlash and then they opened them up the second day and it was like, what's happening? But no, like 
things are shut down, but like healthcare is not. Like, mm. okay, that's still open. Listen, playgrounds are shut down, but if you want to breathe on somebody while you're rubbing yeah. their, their back, by like, all it means, dude. It, <laughs> Just... it was amazing. I'm not gonna lie, sure it, was it was freaking amazing. First, yeah. first massage yeah. and like, uh, I guess it would have been. Were they ever years. shut down at any point? Uh, no, not massages. Because it's, it's health. It's, it's but a, you said in six years? Under the... You haven't so gotten this massages. Is, this, is, yeah. this is Adele. Adele. So Adele. It's, it's not healthcare. Adele. No, I've... Adele. I've okay, no, seriously. This like, was I've, a like, fucking really, really mini let vacation. my back go. Adele, I was, like, gonna say, like, no. I honestly was gonna... <laughs> listen, I was gonna let you go. I was gonna let you slide. I was gonna be like, there's gotta be some preconditioned... Like, maybe Adele's got a bad back. But you haven't gone for six years, so you, you're not going to get sympathy from me. 